Hello, and welcome to episode 14 of the Scheming Mind Palace podcast. <laughs> I've been enjoying creating new forms of memorabilia on this little tea canister <laughs> I've just shown, if you're watching the video now. But if you're just listening, then I would like to say hello. Thank you for tuning in to the next step in the human revolution by your host, the true party king. I have another special little poem today. <laughs> this one was recently featured on the Artist of the Met uh, Instagram page. And yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun creating. I pieced it together last night, threw a little animation on. I'm sure it'll be fun to slap it down right over here. But... Essentially, this poem is what today's episode is going to be called. Today's question is how do we become wise? And it comes from a very, a very personal quotation for me, one that is, <laughs> many might say, is my mantra which is a quote from William Blake and the first of the three stanzas of this poem. The fool who persists in his folly will become wise. So we'll, we'll just start with that from the great poet from the 18th century, William Blake as the foundation for today's episode. Because today, when it comes to finding your wisdom, <laughs> suppose the exact opposite of that would be the pursuit of mediocrity, the pursuit of doing what everyone else has done. And the intriguing part of basically just following along everyone's footsteps or in the footsteps of our past predecessors is you're not going to be ridiculed. You're not going to be shunned for simply maybe just doing a slight iteration on something different. But if you're truly going to do something revolutionary, something that is going to make a big imprint on humanity, then it's going to be something that people are going to call you crazy about. People are going to think you are mad for even attempting something such as this. They will call you a fool. And as William Blake so eloquently disguised or described, that is the key to wisdom. So now, 
I feel like I, I've already broken my tradition of reading the whole poem first, but I, f I figure since it's from a different poet that describing it in isolation first is important. So I create the proper context for the fact that I did not come up with the first part. The rest of it is sort of my uh, addition, my modification. I don't say modification, but my... alluding to my own chaos, my own tomfoolery, <laughs> my folly, as of course he said. All right, so let's, let's go through the whole thing, and then I can even, then you can even appreciate the little art that I did too. <laughs> the fool who persists in his folly will become wise. Harness heaven and hell as the border becomes hazy. Continue as chaos cries to curate your crazy. At the Scheming Mind Palace. <laughs> this one I did not, I did not uh, reference my own name, but the podcast itself, because I feel like this is sort of what the whole... <laughs> this whole uh, maddening experience is about. I mean, if I were to, if I were to tell myself that I was going to start up a podcast and within only a few weeks already be reaching people in corners of the globe that I didn't even know existed. <laughs> like there were two countries on that list I apologize if you're from there, but I legitimately could not even pronounce the name of the countries. <laughs> and knowing that somehow, I guess through the mysticism of the internet, somehow it traveled and caressed their ears. <laughs> and hopefully I'm making a solid imprint in a location that I didn't even know existed. But now, let us go into the rest of the stanzas that I have written. So obviously we've already discussed about how persisting in your folly is how you become wise. But my additions are, I suppose, further... they further help refine the sort of step-by-step -step process as to how you arrive at wisdom through folly. So harnessing heaven and hell as the borders become hazy, or as the border becomes hazy, because although I suppose you could have multiple borders, but I like to imagine just a simple border between heaven and hell as to what, because every person has their own interpretation of heaven and hell. The abject of pure inspiration, the, the goal, the, yeah, essentially the aspirational image in your own mind of the best possible outcome for your life given your current uh, trajectory. And hell, 
essentially the worst possible thing that could happen to you or the worst possible thing that could go wrong with how you're approaching your life. I feel like it's very important to look at both because either just focusing on neither or just one or the other can lead to lots of problems because obviously if you're not thinking of either heaven or hell then where are you going? Or you're just sort of going through the rhythms of life like nothing ever matters, like you're not approaching some grand destination like the entire spectrum of, I guess, creation has led towards, which is the birth of humanity. No, you should figure out what you want to truly become happy and fulfilled in life, to find meaning. And then also, you need to also know what hell is like, or imagine what hell could be like. Because balancing the two is the key to being able to avoid the pitfalls of hell and navigate towards the eventual euphoria of heaven. So the importance of harnessing heaven and hell as the borders become hazy is because as you imagine those two images, the realization that essentially there is no grand separation between the two, essentially your life is the border, it is the haze, the confusion that many confuse for there being no purpose at all. Because, I mean, I have no scientific, abject, conclusive evidence to tell you that life has no, or that life has meaning that we are here for a purpose. But everything that seems to be pointing in that direction regardless of if you believe in religion or like just the Big Bang. Like essentially there was a gradient of creation. There was nothing and then there was something. But it wasn't just all at once. There was a gradient, an acceleration towards that and why not simply recognize that you have your own part to play in that crescendo of creation and that brings me to the last stanza this is you know a very a short poem in comparison but I figure short and sweet the better, and therefore I can make it more refined and crisp. But the last stanza is continue as chaos cries to curate your crazy. How, how beautiful it is that <laughs> the chaos that I was just describing that we all perceive of the world. I, I enjoyed fitting an emotion to it 
because it it does have it, it does have its own evil force in terms of grabbing down people and making them feel that nihilism is the key that essentially there is no purpose and, and you know I also have many I have some religious friends who would discuss that oh you know whatever oh, mankind is just of sin <laughs> and you know there's nothing we can do about it and therefore it's done and I'm like what <laughs> why like I don't I, I mean I hate I hate to be so negative but what is even the point of living if you don't believe that there is joy to be found in it, that there is purpose behind your actions? Because, and not only just for the fact of your own personal pride and salvation, but, I mean, tyranny thrives in nihilism. Like, all of our society would would sooner crumble away than essentially, or at least all of our, our rights of society will crumble away as opposed to just letting everything die a slow, pitiful death of purpose. And if we care about preventing that sort of evil from arising, then we must fight against the nihilism, at least in my perspective, because it's historically speaking, nihilism breeds tyranny. It breeds draconianism. And, I mean, especially with, <laughs> especially with our current... Uh, sort of government-run coronavirus, uh, I guess, means of preventing the spread. That, that kind of fear is very palatable. It's very clearly visible. And it's something that I'm definitely going to discuss in the next episode. As, you know, our rights get taken away as governments force people to download apps to track them all the time. You know, this is, in my opinion, simply another Patriot Act where we sign our rights away for the presumption of security. And even when it's proven that it's completely useless because, let's say, terrorists deliver their message on horseback, it doesn't matter. Because in the end, the cards are played and it becomes clear that it was never about stopping terrorism or protecting us. It was about controlling us and knowing what we're doing and thinking in those massive data centers. And if we are going to live freely, we will have to fight. We will have to fight, 
in whatever legal, legitimate way that we have. And, and in the end, the true way, in my opinion, to make sure we don't lose that with which our forefathers fought for is to curate your crazy. <laughs> Just like at the end of the poll. <laughs> because, I mean, if you think about it, like the founding fathers <laughs> were madmen. The founding fathers were going up against the English empire like the greatest empire the world had ever seen up until that point. Maybe maybe the Roman Empire is a little better, but at least at that era, the British Empire was monstrously powerful. And these founding fathers were just like, no, no taxation without representation. We are not, we are not just going to sit back and let this happen. We are going to fight for those freedoms and those freedoms that they fought and died for. We now have the privilege of this amazing opportunity. And it's not even just our country, our entire world has benefited from the democracy that the Founding Fathers in their insane attempt of curating their crazy created. Because of what they created, the world is a better place. Whether you like the United States or not, <laughs> the fact remains that the people now have a greater say than ever before. And that's not to say everyone needs to go out there with, you know, pitchforks and rifles, but everyone needs to do something. Like, don't just sit and let the comforts control you. Like in the last episode where I talked about the proactive attempts to fight the virus, like, obviously, you know, a vaccine's coming. There are other government opportunities for how to fight this thing, but... You can't just let life be a vaccine. You can't just think, oh, I'm just going to, you know, get something injected into me, then I'll be all better. And that's the only thing I'll ever have to worry about. Like, that's such a, say, a, such a fragile mentality to think, oh, I'm just going to wait for this magic cure and then everything will be better. Like, no, you have to put the work in yourself to make yourself better. Like you have the opportunity right now to do some breathing exercises, to do some cold showers, which I literally just did right before this episode, which is why I'm kind of amped up even though it's like super late at night. Get a cold shower, feel great, amped. But the crazy thing is, I'm also going to be able to sleep like a baby because that's also another benefit of cold showers for some reason. Beats me up. <laughs> you think you just get super hyped up, but it's both you get a hyped up and have a great sleep after. So just a win-win regardless of what time of day you take it. And, you know, fasting too. 
again, all proactive choices. And not just that, but recognizing that this time of quarantine is the time for you to go out there and like make that business idea. Like everyone has some kind of idea kicking around in their head. And I mean, Robert Kiyosaki, who's one of my favorite financial gurus, said that the, uh, the best time to start up a new business is right after a financial like downturn, right as the economy is kind of really at a low point, you know, coming up. And obviously we're not at that point yet, but I feel like now is the perfect time to start scheming up an idea. Start formulating your bullet points, you know, your general ideas. Maybe do like what a friend of mine is currently doing, which is kind of just like creating a bullet point system of our, our plan of attack, like our different phases for our business plan. And it just starts with a very simple like ebook that will perhaps sell off for not that much money just to make, you know, some startup capital then work on like a video series, maybe a little bit more, maybe some one-on-one -on -one sessions for a little bit more than that. So the, you know, the different tiers based on how much work we're putting out. And then we'll just create passive income to then create like the next step, which is an actual like legitimate business and perhaps an actual office space with actual like materials that we can use to scale up and up and up to eventually save the world. That's when, when I created the bullet point for this project. My last bullet point was save the world. Like, so basically, you know, this is a step-by-step -step process and it starts off with a, you know, no capital uh, foundation. So literally anyone can do that. If you, if you have a, some knowledge, something that you personally are pretty good at, and you don't have to be the best ever, you just have to be better than the person that finds your content. And there are loads of websites where you can basically just upload those sort of ebooks, and you know it facilitates easy engagement and income, and just you know some small income. In the end, it doesn't have to be a huge amount, but the fact that you can put out an ebook like that and just it does its own thing, and for the rest of your life, you'll just have this slow, nice like you know, your own personal UBI, basically. <laughs> you know, like the $1,200 we all get, you just get that all the time based on this little bit of work that you put in during the quarantine. And then like in my plan, you know, that's, that's phase one. And then phase two, hopefully by then, the economy will be starting to go up a little bit and that's the perfect time to like get in there with business idea because as unfortunate as I say, due to this you know, massive quarantining and, you know, household restriction, a lot, a lot of businesses are going to go out of business, which will open up far more opportunities for new businesses to crop up, which is the reason why it's the best time to work on your thing. So, like, honestly, right now, here's another interesting fact that I learned from this other financial guru that Apparently, there has never been more millionaires in human history 
than the Great Depression. Now, you, you can fact check me on that because I, I haven't 100% verified it's from someone that I do trust, but if that is true, that, that does speak volumes <laughs> as to how these times truly test the potential of people. Like, if you are able to be proactive, you can, like, this is your metamorphosis moment, as Robert Kiyosaki said. This is your time. Like, we're all, we're all little caterpillars. If, if you've been hurt, like any of us, we're all little caterpillars. And right now, this experience is our cocooning moment. So are you going to come out as a butterfly? Or are you just going to rot away and never live off your true potential. I want to see what you do. Like, I really do want as many people to be able to assume those goals because that's truly how we save the world. So stay at home, work on your personal, like, ebook thing or whatever personal scheme you have before you can build that business or that idea, the, the little scheme of yours. <laughs> and you know, now is the perfect time to do that. And even if you have a job, even if you didn't lose your job, what's the, you know, what's the harm in having a little side job too, a little, little side scheme going on? You know, just so you always have that little cushion, like I said before. You know, everyone can use a little cushion, a little extra savings, a little extra revenue stream that you don't really have to, you know, maintain. So go, do it, go, do it now. Do, 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 yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I, uh, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Scheming Mind Palace. I want to definitely keep these on the, on the shorter side from now on because the near hour long episodes are <laughs> are both taxing and I can tell uh, they're probably a bit too long for people to want to listen to every single week at least since I'm just starting off maybe later when I'm more established but until then I love you guys you guys really help inspire me to make amazing content like this. <laughs> and so, if you want to become wise, be the fool. Embrace your folly. Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you around. Namaste.